0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, November 30th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The European Union is extending a -a once-in-a-generation olive branch to the U.S. The world could see the first coronavirus vaccine roll out before the end of 2020, and Hong Kong's leader is stockpiling cash thanks to U.S. sanctions. Plus, the U.K. is aiming to be a top player when it comes to global defense. We'll explain how the country is hoping to do this. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The relationship between Europe and the U.S. needs maintenance and renewal. That's according to a paper the European Commission has drawn up and was seen by the Financial Times. Besides stating what might seem like the obvious, the commission also uses the paper to map out a new global alliance with America once Donald Trump leaves the White House. I'm joined by the FT's Brussels bureau chief, Sam Fleming. Sam, what exactly is the EU hoping to repair here? It it seems like quite the laundry list. Well, there's no secret
1: that the U.S.-EU relationship has deteriorated during the Trump administration. Uh, Donald Trump has struck a very sceptical tone when it comes to relations with the EU, uh, ripping up some of the old norms and uh, obviously pursuing aggressive trade policies vis-a-vis the EU as well. So this draft document that we've seen is setting out a whole range of policy areas where the EU is hoping to completely reset and reboot its relations with the US. Uh, It's a real panoply ranging from areas like climate change, where obviously Joe Biden has been talking about reversing some of the Trump skepticism about climate change, to uh, the health arena, where the EU wants to boost trade in uh, medical goods, for example, draw up a pandemic playbook for future outbreaks. And then obviously, there's a whole other area in digital taxation policy, relations vis-a-vis China. There's just a huge area of policy where the European Union is trying to uh, reset, Relations with the U.S. and uh, get things on a better footing.
0: This is this is, seems like a really ambitious plan, Sam. But you know, will the incoming administration uh, go along with it? You have to assume that they they would, considering that Joe Biden has campaigned on repairing these kind of relationships when when the election was going on.
1: That's right. I mean, Joe Biden has struck a very different tone in terms of his. Uh, aspirations for relations uh, across the Atlantic, talking about revitalizing and deepening the U.S.-E.U. relationship. So uh, it is right, I think, to expect things to come onto a much better footing, certainly in the mood music, but also uh, in other areas, there's clear potential for cooperation. Uh, But I think it's also worth pointing out that there are some other areas of policy where it's not necessarily the case that a, a warming in terms of the rhetoric will translate immediately into improved policy outcomes. I would very much stress the area of digital policy here, where uh, it's certainly the case digital policy relations went downhill. There are big divisions in recent years over how, for example, big tech platforms should be handled between the US and the EU. But in the end, these are areas where the natural tendency of policy may be towards division rather than convergence. So it's not necessarily the case. You'll suddenly see a reversal in the US towards the way the European Union's uh, preferred way Uh, to do things quite the opposite.
0: Sam Fleming is the FT's Brussels Bureau Chief. Thank you, Sam. Thanks. The world has been waiting on a coronavirus vaccine, and it looks like we won't have to wait much longer. The first coronavirus vaccine could be deployed as soon as next week, December 7th. Between now and then, the UK is hoping to be the first country to approve the vaccine developed by Pfizer and BioNTech. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration wouldn't be too far behind. It meets on December 10th and could grant approval then. And German officials said over the weekend that the country is preparing for a vaccine rollout next month. The European Medicines Agency, this is the body that licenses medicines across the EU, is set to consider whether to approve the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine and a rival candidate developed by Moderna. That's according to confidential documents seen by the FT. But sources tell the FT that any large-scale vaccine campaigns probably aren't likely until late 2021. And a few months ago, the U.S. hit 15 Chinese and Hong Kong officials with sanctions. Came after China imposed its national security law on the territory. The sanctions banned U.S. companies from doing business with high-profile Chinese tech groups. And it bans the leader of Hong Kong... Carrie Lam, from accessing banking services. And so, Lam says she has to get her salary in cash. She has to use cash for all purchases, and she told the Hong Kong International Business Channel she has piles of cash sitting at home. Carrie Lam's position as chief executive entitles her an annual salary of 5.2 million Hong Kong dollars, which means there could be thousands of paper bills she's trying to wrangle. And now, a look at Brexit.
2: The, 23rd of June, the British
1: people have voted to
2: leave... The Article 50 process is now... ...to the unaware.
1: EU without and a deal. To suspend Parliament. We're going to get Brexit done.
0: Global Britain has been a favorite slogan for some conservative politicians. They want to portray the country's prospects as rosy once it leaves the European Union. But Britain isn't making much progress with trade deals outside Europe the UK hasn't done much more than replicate the terms it previously enjoyed as a member of the EU. So, Prime Minister Boris Johnson is taking another approach. He's putting his focus on defense to boost the UK's profile on the world stage. David Bond talks to Helen Warrell, the FT's defense and security editor, about the UK's ambitious plan to step up its global defense role after Brexit.
3: So Helen, the Ministry of Defense is getting a better financial settlement in the latest spending review than other government departments. What does this special package entail?
2: Well, the really key thing is that, unlike other departments, which will only be given a one year spending settlement, the MOD has had a special exemption. It's getting a multi year deal. So it's £16.5 billion pounds over four years. And the only thing that we know for sure at the moment is that this includes sort of special carve outs for a cyber force, a space command and sort of development and research into the new next generation Tempest fighter jet.
3: It's a real victory for Ben Wallace, the defence secretary, isn't it, and the military chiefs, because over the past few years, defence has had to really fight hard to keep its budget. So given the circumstances around the coronavirus crisis, it really is remarkable that Boris Johnson has been prepared to put so much more money in.
2: I think it is. And I think this is a statement not only about defence, but also about how Britain wants to present itself after Brexit. I think this is from Boris Johnson, a sort of statement of a confident Britain that has a ambitious military strategy. Some, I think, might say a little bit too ambitious, given the actual amounts of money we have to spend.
3: Now, the government wants to create an agency dedicated to the military uses of artificial intelligence, as well as the National Cyber Force, which you mentioned a bit earlier. There are also plans for an Armed Forces Space Command capable of launching its first rocket in 2022. Now, these are highly ambitious plans, but Helen, when there have to be cuts elsewhere to afford all of this?
2: There absolutely will, not only to fund these new programs that you've mentioned, but also to plug this enormous £13 billion black hole in the defence equipment budget. Experts say that they expect that some armoured vehicles such as Challenger and Warrior models may face the chop. It's quite likely that the Navy's mine hunter ships could be retired in favour of cheaper autonomous vessels which can be operated you know, remotely without crewing on board. The other thing which is looking more and more inevitable is a cut in the size of the army from its current target of 82,000 to a figure probably a bit closer to 70,000.
3: This part of the FT News briefing on a Monday is normally about the Brexit talks and what we should anticipate for the kind of post-Brexit world and relationship between the EU and the UK. And it is remarkable that one of the things that hasn't been talked about very much is the future defence and security relationship after the end of the transition period. What's your sense, Helen, of how those ties will look after Brexit? Do you think they will be stronger or weaker?
2: I think there's still a huge question mark over this because so much depends on whether or not the two sides are able to reach a deal and whether or not as part of that deal, there is a security arrangement. I mean, from most angles, it looks as if inevitably, even in the event of a deal, some of the really vital cooperation between you know, the EU uh, law enforcement agencies and, and the UK will be weakened. And there are some things that, you know, just by virtue of being outside the EU, we just won't be able to participate in anymore. However, on the military side, it's unlikely that much will change because the UK's defence cooperation with its European allies has always been through NATO rather than through the EU. I think one of the big questions is where the UK sees itself after Brexit as a sort of military power and what its strategy is going to be. Because one of the things we've heard a lot about is that there's going to be this sort of tilt towards the Indo-Pacific, which will bolster military and diplomatic relations with Asian allies such as Japan and South Korea. Boris Johnson has committed to sending the aircraft carrier to East Asia in the spring. And given that We don't have limitless resources in the UK military. Where will resources be pulled out from? And will this mean, to some extent, fewer resources in traditional NATO territory?
0: You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award winning insights, and business solutions so powerful